0: Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom, I'm Brother Gregory, <clears throat> and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. We just finished Blog Talk Radio, which is our little warm-up. Uh, there were a number of questions on there, I don't know, I, I should have talked to our uh, technical advisor here, uh, who is uh, with us, uh, I, I'd like to say here in the studio, but actually they're in Wisconsin.
1: <laughs> we have a big studio.
0: A big studio, yeah. <laughs> Uh, When you're you're preaching the kingdom of God, you get to have a really big studio. So that's Paul in Wisconsin, and uh, he's uh, co-hosting with us today. And uh, why don't we give out the telephone number for those who want to try to call in.
1: All right, yeah, we welcome any callers with questions. And um, the the telephone number is 414-395-2442. That's 414-395-2442. We're also um, in the First Amendment radio chat room, which you can get to by going to com slash farm, F-A-R-M, slash chat. And we welcome you there, too, with your questions as well.
0: Which is uh that's First Amendment radio uh, dot com, I guess, and I assume that we could also get to it by uh going to the uh, uh radio link. We're not on First Amendment anymore. We're now on uh Liberty Radio Live dot com. They're same outfit, different uh feed. And so at live.com which most of you are probably listening. You look around there, and you'll probably find a chat room that you can link into and ask those questions. Uh, there was a question on Blog Talk. Is there a way to conference in so that people can actually dial up a number and listen to the radio show rather than use the Internet? And uh, maybe uh, if... Uh, nicholas is listening uh he can send that to you through the chat if there or have you found something paul
1: i haven't found anything like that but yeah you're speaking of like on blog talk you can dial in and just listen right
0: right right which evidently more people i saw numerous people doing that today uh so there there are more and more people that just use their cell phones i guess yeah it's an interesting
1: um, if you don't have a high-speed internet connection you can just dial it up with your phone
0: Right, right. Uh, An interesting feature. Now, I know that uh, First Amendment had some programs uh, that went out over satellite. I don't know if ours does. I don't think it does at this time. But uh, if people would be interested in hearing uh, this show over satellite, I don't know who has access to satellite radio, uh, they can uh, inform the station. Let them know uh, that you'd like to hear it on satellite and uh maybe they can arrange that um, we We do want to get uh a radio program out, keys of the Kingdom available to people all over the country, and we're working on that concept of uh, uh syndicating a small radio program to go out uh to a lot of other countries uh, a lot of other c- cities anyway a lot of other States of the United States uh, first, and then maybe even to other places. Of course, we've got lots of audios at hisholychurch.org that people can listen to. Uh, uh, Past shows and other uh, talks on uh, covenants of the gods and constitutions, contracts, constitutions, and covenants. I never seem to say that title exactly the same way twice. (laughs) But uh, anyway, uh, there's lots of things to listen to and learn from. This morning we were talking. I'm sure Paul was listening uh, to some degree, anyway, about uh, this battle of good and evil that we have all always seen. And uh, there's a there's a uh, I I suddenly I can't remember the the word in Chinese for the the symbol of good and evil where they have these two opposing forces. Uh, one is black and one is white. Well, of course, white is a color. Black is the absence of color. It's the emptiness. And that's always, you know, the difference between good and evil is the difference between hot and cold. Cold is the absence of heat. And darkness is the absence of light. And evil is the absence of good. And so some people think that they can fight evil by... uh, Focusing their energy on fighting evil. And in reality, the way to fight evil is to tap into and focus on the source of all energy, which is good. This is the difference between the tree of life, which is what gives us life, the Holy Spirit, we use the term today, and the opposing. Reality, which is evil, or the absence of that tree of life and good. And how do we go from one to the other? We decide to decide for ourselves what is good and evil. Evil wants you to hate it. It wants you to judge it. It wants you to be angry at it. Because now your attention is focused on evil and not on the good. You see, And this is why the devil starts out trying to get you to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Which is, eat of the idea that you have the right to decide what is good and what is evil. You have the right to recognize good. And focus on the good. And you will see everything else, the evil, is simply the absence of good. And you won't go that way. But if you start focusing on the darkness, you will be drawn into it. You know, another principle of that is, you know, some people get up on a high building, you know, and they, you, you walk out to the edge and they have this feeling of being drawn over the edge, pulled over the edge. It's because they're giving attention to that fall that could take place if they go over the edge. And that attention... And the fear causes a flow of energy where will actually draw them over, psychologically draw them over the edge of uh, the abyss. And the fear is what gives it power. So you focus on evil, and evil will draw you into it. So what does this mean in our day-to-day lives? We need to be focusing on righteousness. Good doing good, being good uh what it and what does that look like? if we don't focus on seeking the righteousness of God, we will and and instead focus on the fact that evil is evil and evil does bad things and evil is does wicked things, we will be drawn into the evil we have to focus on the righteousness drawn into the righteousness and righteousness. Will and the and the source of righteousness, which is God, will give us our divine protection. That's putting on the full armor. Another place where we see reference to this concept, we have to be immersed in righteousness, which is the concept of baptism. Baptism has two ideas: washing away the dirt, you know, the the baggage that we're bringing—the hate, the anger—all these things are. Hate is the absence of love. Anger is the absence of love and contentment and love. And so if we are, have all these emotions in us, hate and anger and resentment, and those are the bad guys and these are the wicked, they've done this terrible thing and they've done that terrible thing, we're being drawn into their world because we're focusing on their world. That doesn't mean that we can't see that, oh, yeah, that's an empty spot, and that's an empty spot, and that's an evil spot, and that's, that's a wickedness. We can, we can notice that, but why does that draw our interest? Our interest is, okay, what righteousness can I do today? What good thing can I do today? Not to make me good where I'm doing it so that everybody can see how good I'm being but just because I actually love doing right, love doing good. I have the character of Christ in me that I would actually want to do something that sacrifices my life for others because I want to be a giver of life rather than a taker of life. If you have that characteristic in you, you've done more to protect yourself from the evils of this world because the evils of this world don't want to go anywhere near that truth. So I uh, I, I guess the phones aren't ringing off the wall with questions. Have I got them stupefied again?
1: <laughs> well, in the chat room they're discussing a lot of things, but no nah, no one's dialed in the telephone yet. We'll give out the number. Okay. It's 414-395-2442. And if you need to, if you want to see what's going on in the chat room, you can go to wwFar.com slash farm slash chat.
0: Okay, uh, I'm going to try to write down that number. We'll see if I can actually write it down. Everybody can write it down, too, if they've gotten their pen. Give that one more time. I'm terrible at hearing numbers and writing them down. So give that number slow again.
1: 414, area code 395. Two four four two. That's two HHC. If you're into the letter thing.
0: Okay. Uh. uh so people can call in with questions. They can uh, uh, see if we can't turn the show into a positive resource for finding out what can we do. One of the questions that came in on the blog talk, what about somebody who's 80 years old and all they have is their Social Security to support them? Again, even that question coming about, and this this has been a plague that we've had to deal with, comes out of the idea that somehow or other people think that they are approaching righteousness by coming out of the system. Of the world uh, you you are not any more righteous by coming out of the system or by staying in the system those things don't make you righteous okay so what does make you righteous it's it's what it what 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 was it that made Christ righteous that he came to give up his life that others may have life more abundant he came to sacrifice himself for others so if we have done the same thing if we are coming to sacrifice ourselves for others that will bring us closer to the kingdom uh, uh, one of the examples i gave was who gives more the rich man who gives half everything he has or the widow who gives a penny and of course the answer was the widow who gave a penny why? Because she sacrificed everything she had. <laughs> so that will bring more divine protection. That will bring you closer to Christ than uh, than these other things that people think that they're going to, you know, uh, give up. Or uh, I gave up my ID card. I gave up my uh, driver's license. I gave up those things. Now those things are evidence of the fact that we belong to a system but is our goal simply us not belonging to the system or is our goal that we will save others I mean Christ did he come to save himself or did he come to save others simple little concept very important concept so if a people are focusing on how do I get out of the system the problem with that question isn't that they there's a wanting to get out of the system the problem with that question is I it's about you when we have hundreds or thousands of people coming and saying how can I help others how can I save others then we have people coming with the character of Christ. You know, I will, I'll be in the system, I'll work in the system, I'll pay my taxes, I'll, I'll suffer the humiliations of this whole system, but what can I do to help others? You know, my, my children, my grandchildren. And, and who are my children and my grandchildren? Is it the ones that uh, came from my loins? Well, yeah, physically they are. And we should care for them and provide for them. And, I mean, not just provide financially, but provide for them spiritually. But if they're not there, then we should be helping others. Our, our children are those who are doing the will of the Father. Those, And there are many people that are out of the system, never been in the system. And, and that's one of the stories that was sent to me this week. This is a story of uh, two ladies I think they were in Kentucky can't quite remember uh, and the story goes, yeah Kentucky sisters sued to get their social security number and it says they spent a small fortune uh, to get legal uh, they they made comments like no one has ever heard anything uh like this before these people when the girls first came to see me it's one of those things of uh what do i do now in other words they they had no social security number they had no birth certificate uh they were not a part of the system uh they were born in madison county at least one of them was i guess and uh they were in their late 20s or mid 20s and uh they did not have any birth certificates now it's not really that difficult to get in people make it like it is is all this impossibility and everything all you need is you know you could be arrested <laughs> that's right and go to jail and then the the uh judge who uh uh you know uh signs the deal that says you're in jail and all that stuff those court documents now become proof uh, of who you are and you can actually use that as proof of who you are Uh, the bureau of vital statistics really slow about uh and and, you know there's a few hoops that you have to jump through but is it really all that difficult but the point of this story is that they were spending all this money to get legal and anybody who has uh... Seen the video or read the book or read the chapter "Law versus Legal"? Knows the difference between the word "legal" and the word "lawful." The word "lawful" means just, right, and fair, coming from an Anglo-Saxon word that would be in the Latin "jus juris," meaning just, right, and fair. What is right? That be righteousness if it's lawful under God, and that's what they were. They had it entered into their Bible that they were born on such and such a day, etc., etc. But now they wanted to get legal. So, what is the word legal? The word legal comes from lex legere, which means to bind. They wanted to be bound, and they needed—they had to spend all kinds of money in order to get bound. Because when they were born, their their parents didn't bind them, didn't make them legal. They were lawful. They weren't illegal. Uh, and in one sense, they might be considered illegal aliens, which we talked about on the <laughs> first Block Talk, uh, all the billions and billions of dollars going to illegal aliens. But if they were seeking the kingdom, they would need those billions of dollars. They would be helping one another. So that goes back to the question the lady asked, what do you do if you're 80 years old and you're on Social Security? Well, you're 80 years old on Social Security. You need to start seeking the kingdom of heaven. But it doesn't mean to get rid of your numbers. It means to start finding other souls who care about you as much as you care about yourself. We have a lady in this valley on Social Security. only gets a few hundred dollars a month because she's, I mean, it's almost unbelievable how little. her Some of her children help her out. And she does okay, but the whole community is willing. She will never starve as long as there is any food left in this community. She will never freeze as long as there is people in this community. Uh, we have people, you know, ready to cut firewood right now. Uh, we actually have them lined up to fill her woodshed. She's an old time lady. I've talked about her before. It's just a, you know, kind of like uh, Miss Marple talking about people in her village. I have to talk about people I actually know. But uh, th- this is, this is a tough lady. She's in her 80s. And she is on Social Security. But if there was no more Social Security tomorrow, she would not starve. She would not freeze. She would be taken care of by the local community because the community has that idea. They're not doing it yet because many of the people in the community think Social Security is okay. They don't understand that it's the Corbin of the Pharisees that makes the Word of God did not effect. So what did Christ do about that? He said, get out of that system of Corbin. That's terrible and wicked and you're evil for being in it. No, that's not what he said. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It is a network of people coming together. And I pointed out on the last show... That Christ was an anarchist. Government without the state. Government without the states requires virtuous souls. Virtuous people seeking righteousness, not only for themselves, but for others. Justice and mercy, not just for themselves, but for others. Because they care about others as much as they care about themselves. If that is not a common theme in the Bible, I don't know what is. What is the Bible about? if it isn't about government. Government of Nimrod, did they love their neighbor as themselves? No, they loved Nimrod. And Nimrod forced the contributions of the people and provided for their welfare. And that's Babylon. You need to be seeking a system where nobody forces anybody to contribute. All contributions are free will. And there are men who want to serve you. And you contribute to those men and they make sure that the widows and orphans do not go hungry and do not freeze in their house and are not neglected and if you're not doing that I don't care what ID card you have in your pocket you're nowhere near the kingdom of God you need to be preaching the kingdom of God not getting out of the system because I tell you that if you create that system they'll spit you out they will Now, right now, we have children born out of the system. They can't get a job anywhere. They're in their teens, and their 20s. They can't get a job. You can go rant and rave. They have a right to work. Sure. They have a right not to hire you. You say, wait a minute. You have a legal right to work. Well, if you have a legal right to work, then you're not out of the system. If you want the system to force them, your neighbor, to hire you, then you haven't come out of the system in your heart they don't have to hire you they don't have to give you work so what are you doing about creating a network where these people can work and live and and marry and and find husbands and wives and be a fruitful society you know you have an article there where they're promoting homosexuality everywhere well most of those places they are promoting it you shouldn't be anyway they are promoting it in the public schools why are you in the public schools Why aren't you over in the kingdom teaching your children yourselves and coming together in congregations to help parents teach their children? You know, we shouldn't have to go hire teachers. In every congregation, there will be men and women of skills, and they should be spending some of their time helping teach their neighbor's children. And these men who have abandoned their families and said I'm in the kingdom why why aren't they teaching children somewhere you know repent I I remember the story of uh, Gandhi when they were having these riots where the Muslims were going to kill all the Hindus and the Hindus were going to kill all the Muslims and one Muslim guy you know in the movie they they talk about this where the muslim guy killed a hindu child and said i am condemned because i smashed this baby's head against the wall and it says but i will not have your blood on my hands so you know i throw down my machete and i ask you to eat because he was on one of his fasts until violence stopped well he says i'll tell you when we get back what what Gandhi said. And again, i quoting Gandhi to show you a precept. I don't know anything about Gandhi's whole life or where he's at now or anything, but there are concepts in that man's struggle to find righteousness that you could learn. The same as Buddha, the same as Abraham, the same as
2: Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com.
3: The Greatest Prophecy DVD from Cross the Border Productions. Embrace the little known but greatest prophecy given by the great high priest. The pre incarnate Messiah reveals God's once secret plan for mankind. Believe it. Behold the end times in Daniel chapter 2 because the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. It is the key to prophecy future. Comprehend the seven year great tribulation deception. Be not deceived. Understand the great prophecy delusion because if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. Be forewarned america in prophecy exposed for all to see the mark of the beast no it's not a biochip a much better and more secure technology is already here and you are already using it two copies one for you and one for you to give away when you send a support donation of twenty five dollars to first amendment radio use the chip in event on our website, or send $25 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, California, 93274. Make copies and give them away. Send $25 cash for two copies of The Greatest Prophecy DVD. That's First Amendment Radio. 139 East Tulare Avenue. Tulare, T U L A R E, California. 93274. A wise man is forewarned and prepares for the time to come. The greatest prophecy. DVD. Now listen to me. The Bible says,
4: Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar's.
3: Government Takeover of the Church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The Scripture calls for His people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth. Will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD
2: for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now
3: listen to me.
0: Welcome back to keys of the kingdom I'm brother Gregory and we're talking about the kingdom of God before we went to break I I mentioned a story about a fellow who had murdered a Hindu child in one of the Muslim Hindu riots uh, when the nation of India was supposedly uh, developing its freedom from Britain and really the freedom isn't freedom from Britain or the freedom from the New World Order or the freedom from anything else because they're all slaves to India now uh, the or Pakistan, uh, but uh, it's freedom from uh, or the right to be ruled by God and, and you certainly don't have the right to be ruled by God in India or Pakistan or the United States because we're too busy being ruled by other men who spend all day thinking of new laws that we have to follow to meet what they think is good or evil. And uh, anyway, this man had murdered in his in his passion. He had murdered a Hindu child, smashed his... You know, it was... You talk about uh, mayhem, murder and mayhem. And... Um, uh, <coughs> excuse me mass hysteria Uh, that's what was going on I mean people just running through the streets murdering each other in the name of religion and uh, this fellow murdered a Hindu and so Gandhi told him if he because he said he was condemned to hell you know he would because of the evil that he had done he'd realized it was evil and he says now that you can you can gain repentance and his explanation to the man now set aside your own religious uh, beliefs uh, now that you worship and and listen to the precept here is he, he told the man that he had to find a Muslim child that was orphaned uh, or no a find another Hindu child that was orphaned whose parents had been killed in these riots and raise that child as his own but not raise them as a Muslim but raise them as a Hindu so now there would be this Muslim man raising a Hindu child for Hindu parents who were murdered by Muslims but raising them as those parents would have wanted as a Hindu and not as a Muslim now through the process of that exercise <laughs> both the child and the the this uh, adopting father would learn not to hate Muslim and Hindu realize that the fact that you belong to that religion means nothing and at the same time sacrifice their own pride in their religion for righteousness and love's sake because it's you know here's an orphan because of hate and here's a man who took away a child of someone else so now take this back to what has been our topic about these men who abandoned their families in order to seek the kingdom which the Bible tells you is worse than a heathen uh, and okay you can't go back and raise your family they're all gone now and they've all become whatever they have you can't do anything about that you should be working and supporting some other family you should and you can do this lots of different ways you could help them you know the particular fellow that I'm thinking of uh, that I know did this uh, he his his wife lost custody of his son and his son went down to stay with another relative and he was given the option of coming. He could have gone down and lived near his son. That relative didn't mind him being around, evidently, at that time. Anyway, I don't know if that would have continued. But uh, he could have got a job down there uh, in the Phoenix area and earned enough money to be of assistance to his son, to be there for his son, and talk to his son, and train his son. Uh, he would; the other person would have had custody, but he could have come around and been a part of his son's life. But instead, he was going to go around and and be this uh, "I'm separate from the world, so I'm righteous" kind of person. And people are more interested in appearing to be righteous in their vision of the kingdom than actually doing righteousness. You know Christ was not this grandiose I'm separate and you can't touch me kind of guy he was how can I serve you how can I feed you how can I help you and of course again all charity is not righteous some charity weakens people you know you need to help people when they need help but if you help them too much you weaken them and that, that of course is what socialism is all about weakening society it is a humility is a strength the ability to forgive is a strength the ability to love your enemy is a strength and a power that will frighten your enemy and turn your enemy to give drink to your enemy that's what the Old Testament says what do they mean by drink you your cup needs to flow over with righteous love and that will be drink to your enemy and that love will be like hot coals on his head and if he does not repent and you will be the source of power in the world you're not the source of power in the world now because God is not your source Your source is judgment. You've judged what is good and evil, what is righteous, and you hate them. All the problems in the world are their fault. They've come and deceived. You've been subject to deception. You've been deceivable. You're using the same argument that Adam did. It's not my fault, it's this woman you gave me deceive me. It's not my fault the Jews deceived me. It's not my fault the Khazars had this conspiracy. It is your fault. So what do you do about it? You have to be seeking the kingdom and its righteousness. I don't care if you're on social security. I don't care if you work for the government. You should be establishing the system of God and depending on that system of God, more and more every day. And that means you have to come together in the name of Christ. That means you have to come in the name of Jesus. You have to come in the name of Yeshua. you got to come in the na- name of Yahweh or Yadavai. But you have to come in the character of Jesus. And what was the character of Jesus? We're going to go back to the beginning of the show and the blog talk. He came to give up his life. To serve others. God gave up His life to create your life. He is a giver of life. If you're not a giver of life, then you don't have God in you. You don't have the character of God in you, and you are not doing things in His name. You have to be a giver of life. One of the things I love more than anything else is working in the garden, you know, clearing away the weeds pushing up a little bit more fertile soil fertilizing the soil with all the things that the soil needs the soil is alive you feed the soil and then the next thing is maybe tending to the sheep you know we're putting up hay now we had huge repair expenses (laughs) old hay equipment it's getting better and better everything is you know things will be working better than when we got the equipment but we couldn't afford good equipment so we bought this old junky equipment but it's 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 limping along so that we will provide food for our sheep and our sheep in a turn will provide food for us but when we see the sheep walking a lamb born we're not seeing lamb chops we almost never even eat lamb we eat old cows that you you know that you can't hardly you know a limping old cow that doesn't have a calf that's what we're going to be eating (laughs) something that does not bear fruit anymore Uh, and we'll let it uh, have the nicest pasture for its last year (laughs) of its life before we eat it and we'll bless God when God allows us to eat of that so but it's about giving life it's not about taking life and that's very important and that's what the kingdom that will give you more protection yeah it's fine to understand that yeah people are out there conniving and contriving but if you don't understand the ways of god you'll be deceived again you'll be drawn into another system of wickedness you know you'll join the kkk or whatever you know some um, anti-zionist group you know or whatever you'll be aligning yourselves with the palestinians It's not Palestinian or Jew. Or Jew or Palestinian. It's righteousness. Do you think there are not unrighteous Palestinians? Certainly they are. Do you think there aren't Palestinians that are seeking the kingdom of God in their hearts and their minds? Certainly they are. And the same amongst the Jews in, in this nation they call Israel. There are good people there. It's... Unrighteousness is the absence of righteousness. If you want to do away with unrighteousness, do away with the unrighteousness in your own heart. Stop blaming others for the fact that you were so naive and blind that you fell for their deceptions. Stop saying it's not my fault, it's the government you gave me. It is your fault. I tell you, one man that follows the ways of Christ is an army. But one man who follows the ways of Christ will gather with other men who follow the ways of Christ. That is the nature of the kingdom. This is the gathering together. And we are dry bones. And we are a scattered flock. And if we do not come together, so there's probably nothing, all these bad stories that you hear in the networks, all go away if you focus on seeking the kingdom the positive reality of God's rule on this earth is he ruler or not you you will not change the course of the United States government you will not change the course of other people's lives without becoming a tyrant you could change the course of your life and gather together with others who care about your right to follow Christ as much as their right to follow Christ and as much as their right to follow Satan. You have a right to follow Satan. You will suffer for it. You 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 will uh, agonize over it. You will call out to God in the days that you have a need and he won't hear you because all you've been listening to is Satan. And those who rebel against Satan does not mean that they love God. So, anyway, uh, I don't know. Paul, are you there?
1: Yeah, I'm still here.
0: Okay. Is uh, any activity in the chat room? Are they off in the world of the chat room? <laughs> what
1: happened? in the chat room, you know? stayed in the chat room? Ah, no. There's some activity. Uh, they're listening intently, I believe.
0: <laughs> no question. Anyway no questions huh uh yeah the what direction you know after we had the show last week you and I had a conversation and it was very relaxed conversation it was it was as if we weren't even on the radio <laughs> and I said this is the kind of conversation that we should have uh on the radio we should uh make people feel relaxed I've been kind of beating people over the head with a kingdom uh uh and, and i don't know if uh the fellow who uh, sent me all these uh videos on how bad the the Khazar jews are and how they've deceived us all and how the rockefellers have done this that and the other thing and uh, some of that stuff i've heard before and it might be interesting but i i if anybody watches those things they need to have the calmest of hearts and, and if they don't why are they so upset if they're upset about all this, it's because they fear that God is not God. They fear that God does not have the power to overcome all this. And uh that they're driven by fear. Uh but we should we should not tremble at the presence of wickedness. You were gonna say something?
1: I think you what you were saying just before uh you brought me back in was okay was very important and I'm losing my train of thought now but it was <laughs> very spiritual in nature um, and, and you're right it's it's funny how we can talk about the, the mechanics of the kingdom and what we're trying to do with it but the uh, people often say well you don't talk enough about the spiritual and I think it's hard to put into words the spiritual side but when we talk about the mechanics we actually are bringing in the spiritual
0: absolutely that's uh that's the the world we see around us there's uh, there's a group uh libertopia i think they call themselves and uh uh they uh, they less uh, galambos is the guy who wrote uh, or didn't write i guess he with these audio tapes that he made back in the 60s or whatever And the scientific approach of observation and I can't remember the all the deal is experimentation and analyzation and then more observation to determine whether what you see is really what is and there's a certain validity to that but when it comes to the spirit you can't see the spirit but you can see the evidence of the spiritual reality what is really spiritual and of course spiritual is a quantum factor it's uh it's subparticle it's, it isn't observable but the evidence of it is observable and i'm telling people that if they do not align themselves with the spirit of christ they will end up with a certain result and that's what we see in the world today the entire world is in the bondage of egypt uh, this is the most complete and overwhelming world bondage throughout the history of mankind that I can uh, attest to from what we know of history uh, this is Babylon the Great everybody is back in the, that bondage of Egypt uh, there was a, a particular group that were talking about some of these issues and uh, they they uh, one guy says well I don't have a social contract and uh, I've never signed a contract they'd have to have told me about it if I signed a contract but he has a passport he travels abroad he has social security number he works and he thinks he doesn't have a social contract and the reality is, is that you do have a social contract when you have those things because they have rules and regulations about those things does that condemn you in the world of God no it just binds you in the world of men, and it's evidence that you're not completely yet subject in the kingdom of God to the will of God you're well I shouldn't even say that Uh, let's say it's not that you're completely free to be the servant of God because you still have obligations in the world and you can have those obligations in the world, meet those obligations in the world, but still be drawing more and more to the character of God. And ultimately, what it is, is the world is the product of, you know, that's one thing that people point out is that the devil owns all the kingdoms of the world, but yet Jesus is called King of Kings. So, even the devil controlling the kingdoms of the world and the Khazar Jews or whatever it is and I'm using that because that have to be the topic of this one individual I know that it isn't the Khazar Jews that are the problem they are a victim of the problem and the problem is, is that the spirit of Satan which is the spirit of I don't need God I am a God is reigning in the world today that's why we see the rise of agnosticism and atheism and and, uh, and phony churchanity that doesn't really hold up the god but holds up the little gods that they create and bringing everybody into bondage is because of the fact that they're following the spirit of saint which says that you get to decide what is good and evil So all the people who are starting up their churches, Lutheran, Methodists, Presbyterian, uh, synagogues, Hindus, Muslims, they're all saying, we have the right to say what is right. We have the right to decide what is good and evil. And if you don't join us, then you're in trouble. And we see that spirit in a lot of the Muslim radicals. They want to impose their vision on everybody else. We don't want to impose our vision on anybody. We want to be imposed upon by our Father and do His will. And His will is to seek righteousness to everybody. You know, this is why Paul says there is no more Greek. There is no more Jew. From our point of view, there is no more Palestinian. There is no more Jew. There is no more Khazar. There is no more uh, Russian or U.S. or... Massachusetts uh, or Texan uh, there's only man and God and our men righteous are they not and if they're not they will clash with us if we are and we aren't <laughs> We aren't righteous. We need to start. So our focus again is how do we become righteous? How do we seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness? How do we live a righteous life? Do we live a life about us? About saving us? About taking care of us? About getting me free? About me being right and them being wrong? Or do we live a life of service? Because Christ came to serve. So if we're not coming to serve, we're not coming in the name of Christ. And how do you serve? Do you serve by just giving all kinds of stuff away to everybody who has any kind of void or absence in their life? Or do you serve by, you know, the old teach a man to fish or give a man a fish? Well, Christ gave a man a fish. <laughs> we don't see him giving fishing lessons all the time, but he did give fishing lessons. He says, let's put your net on the other side of the boat. And they did, and they caught unbelievable amount. We're not putting our net on the right side of the boat yet. And the right side of the boat is the righteousness of God. And this is a spiritual reality, and I'm using metaphors like Christ used in his story of right side of the boat left side of the boat you know i could imagine somebody saying well which one is the right side of the boat uh, is that the my right when i'm facing the bow or the stern or what? <laughs> uh you know is it port or starboard i always get those mixed up you know
1: uh, got to switch our terms a little huh? <laughs>
0: The it's it's a metaphor for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Whatever you're not fishing on now is. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're not catching anything, <laughs> you're not fishing on now. So anyway, uh, uh, and so we talk about these physical things to show you that you know wh- would the whole world be in bondage if the churches were really doing what Christ said. With all these Christians who go to church and sing their songs and, and belong to this synod and that synod and this uh, church group and that church group, they're all in the bondage of Egypt. They weren't that way 200 years ago, but they are today. They're all depending on the corbin of the Pharisees, the social welfare of the Pharisees that forces the contributions of the people. They all pray and apply and seek the benefits of men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. And by doing so, they all covet their neighbor's goods. So they all violate by policy the Ten Commandments that says you are not to do that. And so they, none of them will have eternal life. Because they don't really follow Christ. They haven't really accepted Christ. And so the technicality of that is evidence that the spiritual reality is not yet a reality. The spiritual reality of Christ in you is not really there. Now, some of you have said, I accept Christ. I want to be a servant of Christ. And you've gone and taken a step closer to him. But you aren't there yet, folks. We'll be back. The Keys of the King.
5: You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.
2: If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at Liberty Radio live.com for only $45 a month and you'll receive an mp3 cd weekly of all the first amendment rights media group programs as a bonus we'll send you a password for our audio archives online that's a fifteen dollar value or you can request any month of any program on one mp3 cd for a minimum donation of only twenty dollars or any single program on tape mp3 cd or cd for only fifteen dollars You can do all this online at LibertyRadioLive.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at the First Amendment Rights Media Group. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Let our motto be Don't Tread on Me. Liberty Radio I'll Welcome
0: back to Keys to the Kingdom. Uh, we're back here at. Uh, liberty dot com. did i get that right
1: that's right.
0: <laughs> and uh we're with paul uh in wisconsin who is our co-host today and technical assistant and we can take phone calls if you have a question and the courage to ask it and think about this. If you're going to ask a question, think about a question you think other people would want to have an answer to. Uh, think about things that you think other people would want to know that would help other people. Uh, the question you ask, if it is to be of service to others in some way or shape or form, then that's a good question. If your question is, uh, how do I get out of the system? How do I get saved? How do I get? You know, you're, you've got that I in there again. And Christ didn't come about himself. He came about serving others. And so that's, a, that's really the theme of this show. It seems that we seem to be going back to that, but that is one of the major themes of the gospel. And when it's about me, that's one of the things that somebody, uh, some psychologist, a world-renowned psychologist of some sort, I don't know exactly what his all his Ph.D. titles are, uh, says that the uh, President of the United States, God bless him, uh, is a uh, psychotic narcissist and that he, uh, in his dissertations and, and Discussions, he mentions the uh, personal proto- pronoun I or me uh, about 50% of the time, more than anybody else would normally do. <laughs> the average person would mention about 25% of the time, and he mentions himself about 75% of the time, and that's a sign that he's a narcissist, uh, you know, and to be a psychopathic one. Is extremely dangerous because it is a the psychopathic narcissist uh, who uh, wants everybody else to go down with his ship. If he loses power, he wants everybody else to lose power too. He is the absolute antithesis of Christ because it's all about him. Now, I don't know if that's true about poor Obama. I don't want to pick on the poor guy. He's a victim of your sloth anyway. He wouldn't even be president because you wouldn't even need a presidency if you were still back there serving in the king. You remember that when they elected President Saul to be the leader of Israel, to be the commander-in-chief of their army, that was called a rejection of God. So when you decide to elect... Bill Clinton, or George Bush, or poor Mr. Obama, then you are rejecting God. So it doesn't really matter. Even if you decided to elect Ron Paul and give that power to Ron Paul, you are rejecting God by doing that. Because you're just trying to elect a different David, a different Saul, or different Rehoboam to be the chief executive officer of your little empire. It's all about you. If I elect him, I'll have a better situation for me. You see? And with that attitude, you should end up with a psychopathic narcissist (laughs) ruling over you. And you will end up with a psychopathic narcissist like Ray O'Bohm. That's just the way it's going to be. Like Solomon who whips you with whips and eventually you got Ray Obama who whips you with scorpions. My father whipped you with whips. I'll whip you with scorpions. What do you expect? You think that you're going to... You think you can figure out who should be your narcissistic leader of all you little narcissists out there? It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. When it's about Christ, let me know. Because then you're on your way to the kingdom. And if it's about Christ, it's about others. Because Christ said, love your neighbor, love others, love each other as I have loved you. I didn't come that you should serve me. I came that you should be served by me. Can you imagine if we had a network of thousands of people who were trying to outdo each other on service I wouldn't have any trouble supplying some funds for a, a friend who caught found on hard times <laughs> it would be easy to do I'd still hopefully pray that I use the good wisdom in that and good judgment but if it's about me I'm probably not going to use good judgment if it's about serving God by serving others then hey could I help but have good judgment and if I had the humility to admit when I made a mistake where's the problem you know I I, I've told this story before when I was first uh, out here we we were always looking for a little bit of extra work somewhere uh, because we didn't we weren't employed in a regular job so somebody would need a fence built and they'd call us up and then we'd go out and they'd want an estimate on the fence and that's one of the first times i ever did this and i went and sat in the truck with a guy he's passed away now and i had another friend the you know one-legged helper guy who was a good hard worker and we were trying to bid on this fence to, and he asked well how much would it cost per mile to build this fence and we had heard this high figure of $1,500 a mile and so we thought that was that'd be way too much we knew how long it took to build a part of the fence so I said hey uh we'll, we'll do it for $1,200 you know and the guy didn't say anything he just sat there we're sitting in his pickup looking out over the area that we had to build the fence he didn't say anything. And before you know it, we were coming down in our price. And, he, and all of a sudden, we were down to $600 a mile for building this fence and uh, his materials. And I suddenly dawned on me, he has not said a single word. And <laughs> we're down to $600. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I I just left you know a couple thousand dollars on the table there of our negotiating and I realized he hadn't said a thing so that 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 thousand dollars I left on the table there that was worth every penny because I learned that lesson in the future
1: (laughs) negotiating
0: in negotiating <laughs> that was uh, that was worth a good part of a college education right there <laughs> which would cost me considerably more so I I always uh, I told the, the, that guy the story even uh, when I did another job <laughs> at, a, at a more reasonable price but uh, you learn from your mistakes if you have the humility to learn from them and realize that they're your mistakes They're not somebody else's mistakes. It's not the woman that God gave him that (laughs) made him sin. It was him. It was his choice. And if he had repented, we'd be in a lot better off shape. And if you start repenting, you'll get in a lot better off shape. It isn't somebody else's fault. It's your fault. So now what are you going to do about it? Are you going to... Start seeking the kingdom and righteousness. You are going to start building congregations if, you're, if you start gathering together. You know our congregations of record—it's just—it's like you are writing down each other's phone number because you actually care about each other, and and you are saying, "Well, I am going to keep track." You know, it's the buddy system times ten. I've always said that. So, I say, oh, if you if you got twenty kids and you are all going out on this little outing. And everybody, you know, who's your moving buddy? And these two guys, you, you go put your hand on the shoulder of your moving buddy. And you know, okay, this is my moving buddy. Everybody got their moving buddy? And then you can ask that as you travel along. Hey, has everybody got their moving buddy? Yep. Yeah. And one guy raises his hand and says, I can't find my moving buddy. Now we can go look for him. We can all stop and go look for him. Now tell you the truth I know kids enough one moving buddy (laughs) that's not enough because those two guys are going to go off and wander off somewhere and then you won't even know they're missing so you have to create a network where okay you got a moving buddy okay who is connected to this moving buddy group and so that's what we got 10 families keep track of a minister that minister keeps track and then that ministers of self-government throughout the history of mankind. It was well known throughout history until everybody started going to public school. And now it's almost, we have to actually work at it. If you think that you're just free agent and you just go around, then you're not an anarchist believing in government without the state. You are a nihilist. That means you don't believe in any structure whatsoever. And like the blob, you'll just roll around wherever and you'll have to devour all the people that you come across. <laughs> Eventually, that's what the blob did. Not a pretty you guys r- remember that old movie?
1: <laughs> yeah, I like what you're saying with... Um, uh, you've said it a number of times, but um, you were talking a little bit about the, pr- the president position and what we've done with the governments of the world is we've created these offices of power so naturally that is the type of person that's going to seek an office like that versus the kingdom where you're creating offices of service and those people aren't going to gain any anything by trying to to rise to power in, in a government like the kingdom.
0: Absolutely, and... and now, one of the uh, complaints in, in this fellow's email that he sent uh, today, and I hope he's listening. I know that some of the uh, people on this group are listening, is that uh, somehow we're creating a hierarchy that will eventually become corrupt, and and certainly hierarchies can become corrupt. And of course, hierarchy. You know, this, this is one of the most misunderstood words I think in the English language. <laughs> Hierarchy doesn't mean that we're higher over you. And I don't even like that hierarchy. Uh, it has to do with the Christ did not appoint everybody the kingdom. He appointed the kingdom to the apostles. And the apostles, through a network of ministers, established the kingdom. Actually, Christ established it, but they uh, edified the kingdom. Uh, through the activities of caring for one another in this system of faith, hope, and charity, which, you know, Justin's apology is a great example because he explains how the kingdom of God works to uh, uh, Antonius Pius, who was the emperor at the time. And the kingdom of God worked by this network of people who cared about each other, and they provided all their social welfare through faith, hope, and charity. Simple as that. If you could start doing that, you would be on your way to the kingdom of heaven. No matter what ID is in your pocket. And I'm not saying that eventually those IDs will not go away. They certainly will. Eventually the whole thing, government, will go away. It will fail and collapse. I mean, it's just inevitable. It always does. It always has. Always will. Because it is a self-serving system. But okay, we create this network of ministers and congregations of people helping one another. It can go awry as well. Because if that nature of creating offices of power is in you at all, if you're really not holding up Christ, the character of Christ and God as your divine source of enlightenment or whatever you want to call it whatever terms you want to use uh, you will start holding that minister up and putting them on a pedestal as soon as you're putting that minister on the pedestal you are falling prey to the Saul syndrome Saul wasn't seeking that office it didn't even exist Saul was seeking righteousness and helping people There was probably some pride in him, but he wasn't seeking that office. They sought to give him that office. And he was corrupted by it. And you could corrupt your minister if you give your minister too much power. In the kingdom of God, you have the responsibility of government. You govern your minister. You don't order him around. You don't take away his right to choose. But you govern him because you hold the purse strings of the government. You don't have to contribute to him. If you don't really see him serving the people by giving them back the responsibility of doing their own fishing taking care of their own family. If you see him crippling people or neglecting people or whatever, stop giving to him. That's your responsibility as the government of the people, for the people, and by the people. And every congregation, every elder of every family has that responsibility. And that is your ministry. The one you choose to be the minister that... Ties you with all other congregations. He's not there to rule over you, but he does have a right to rule over everything you give him. But you have the responsibility. Are you weakening him by giving to him when he's not doing a good job? That's what all these ministers out there in the church you've done to them all these wicked ministers who are not really preaching the gospel of the kingdom who have all delivered you into bondage they have done that because you gave them too much power you gave them too much power at their synods to say that oh this is the way we're going to do it this is the way we're going to do it and you sat there and oh okay occasionally you rebelled against him but then you just went over and created another synod over here and did the same thing that's why you have 40,000 different denominations demonations (laughs) that was a Freudian slip coming out of my mouth that fire well why not say it your denominations are demonations there's only one church there's only one God there's only one Christ All, all Muslim religion is is another denomination all the Jews are is another denomination and amongst the Jews, I, I suppose they have a hundred different, you know, the Orthodox and you know all these different groups. They got all their denominations too. And I know the Muslims, you know, got Shiites and and I can't remember all of them. It isn't about that. It's not about Hindu, Buddhist, Shiite, Muslim, all these labels. It's about righteousness. It's about spiritually aligning yourself with the character of God by letting God into your heart and acting according to that spirit. And you're not acting according to that spirit if it's all about you. Or it's about the, you know, the guys you're putting up on a pedestal. You have to stop that, folks. You have to repent of that. You won't. At least not all the way, right away. <laughs> but it's a journey. It's a process. Try to get together in a congregation of record. And <laughs> I tell you, you'll come face to face with how selfish you really are. You know, it's selfishness that brought you into bondage. It's not your love of God that brought you into bondage. It's not your union with Christ that brought you into bondage. It's not your love of truth that brought you into bondage. It's your contentment with a lie that feeds your pride. Repent. What do you I mean, they hated Jesus. Very few loved him. The minority. If the majority loved him, they wouldn't have voted to have him crucified. So what are you doing you know we had people who wanted to join the network or uh, wanted to really get active in the network get active in the network i'm not going to hold your hand and drag you along in the kingdom every single individual group they have to get together and pick their contact ministers if they see the others in the group not doing that they need to say hey why aren't we doing this why aren't we networking together? How can we be of help if you don't even send us an email? Okay, we get 60, 70, 100 guys on a uh, on a group and only a small percentage of them are actually conversing. Well, that's cuz they're the world is full of sloth. They don't know how this works. Start working at it. Every one of you, it's your responsibility. You don't pick a PCM and then, well, I got my PCM. I don't have to do anything else. I'll just sit here and wait for an interesting email to come in and entertain me. You know, there's a lot of money in preaching doom and gloom. There's a lot of money in pointing fingers at other people. I could could probably get a huge crowd of uh, advocates by pointing fingers. That's not your fault. It's their fault. Oh, we love that message. We love that message. It's not our fault. It's their fault. No. My message is it's your fault. (laughs) Start doing something about it. What do you do about it? Sacrifice. Boy, that's a popular message. They want a message about prosperity. Why am I not prospering? Well, you just send me money and I'll dance on it on the stage. we all seen that clip. I know Paul has. I mean you, you, you remember that, Paul? Did I lose you, Paul? I got him on mute. Maybe he's answering a call. Now you got me worried. Are we out there?
1: I think I was muted. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's funny. Yeah, that, that
0: was, was that Dollar who was doing Dollar.
1: that? Yeah, Reverend Dollar, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, you know, we we joke about that. People are telling all the different names of people they know. You know, I had a doctor named Mailman once. That was nervous. (laughs) Uh, And and I had another doctor named Fee. And, uh, uh, of course, there you have a preacher named Dollar. And he's telling people that if they bring money up to him, they'll be blessed. And so people are actually running up to the front of the stage. (laughs) And I mean stage there. I didn't say church. (laughs) And throwing money. He's got money all over there. And he's dancing on it. And they're all hallelujahing. Because they're all going to get blessed now. Did you ever see Christ do anything like that? (laughs) I'm I'm astounded. I'm astounded. People, we're blooming idiots. <laughs> we are. <laughs> How can we be so fooled? But evidently we are. We are absolutely fooled and foolish.
1: We're going to have a caller coming in. Here.
0: We're going to have a caller.
1: Uh, okay. From South Carolina. Hold on.
4: Here you go. Can you hear us? Hello? Hello, can you hear me? You bet.
0: Yeah, we can hear you. I recognize that voice.
4: Well, Go ahead.
1: Can you hear us, Jeff?
4: Yeah? Yes, sir. So, yeah, it's good Good hearing you guys today. Good, good uh, conversation there, Gregory and, and Paul. And uh, I just wanted to make a comment um, about the uh, righteousness because we have to be so cautious that it's like something that we're striving to obtain when in actuality the reason how, how we're able to walk it out according to a uh, uh, scripture is because we are already righteous because of what Christ did and that's something that' really needs to be fleshed out so that's my question is how do we obtain righteousness from the from the point of a uh, point of view of scripture when it says in second Corinthians 521. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And then also Philippians 3, 9, and he found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. And I want to key in on that. The faith of Christ is not even our own faith. You know, the word says in... Bruce, fix our eyes On Jesus, the author and finisher Of our faith, so through The faith of Christ The righteousness which is of God by faith I just wanted you to flesh that out some more uh, It's kind of like how we've been talking Before in, in, in the realms Of um, the Maserati uh, parked in the Garage, you can know the manual You can know every feature of that Maserati if There's no gas in the tank It's not getting anywhere So can you flesh that out some more, Gregory?
0: Well, the Holy Spirit lists us where it will, and the Holy Spirit is the gas in the tank. And if the Holy Spirit is not dwelling in us, I'd have to ask, why is it not dwelling in us? And the reason, of course, is the righteousness of Christ is not in us. You can't do anything to make yourself righteous. Mostly what I talk about is evidence that we are not being righteous and that we do not have Christ in us and we are not acting according to Christ's faith and according to Christ's righteousness because Christ came to serve and I see all kinds of people talking about me talking about I this and I that or pointing the blame at them and they're not dealing with the world around them the people around them according to the righteousness of Christ which is coming to serve others. Now, there are people out there who glorify service so much that they go out and serve people, but it's still vanity. It's still not the humility of Christ. That's rare, but I've seen that. That actually is out there. It doesn't, on close scrutiny, it, it becomes evident that it really is all about them.
4: It's like being a philanthropist or just, uh, and it could even go in the category of self-righteousness, which is vanity.
0: Right, and some of these preachers that are bringing in these million-dollar salaries do build hospitals and, and, you know, places of aid and assistance, although most hospitals are in the money business. Uh, they're not really in the healing business, but... uh Anyway, so they can hold up. I built this hospital, and I built this school, and I built this mission, and I got thousands of people that come up to the altar. But the reality is it's still about them. And usually, if you examine the bottom line of their salary, you will begin to see, well, that don't look like Christ's salary. (laughs) that looked like Rockefeller's salary but it really isn't important that we determine all these guys who are doing wrong it's important that we look at our own souls our own hearts and ask ourselves have we let Christ in every nook and cranny of our heart because it's very clear Christ talks about you know demons living in us and cleaning out our own house and putting our own way in order, in what order? In the order of God, in the order of Christ. Uh, Or, we will be taken over again and be going the wrong way again. It's that we might be saved, that Christ might dwell in us. And mostly when I talk about these things that we see as the outward manifestation of whatever we believe in, I'm just showing people that so that they become aware of the fact that there's a lot more of Christ that should be in them. And we need to make, each of us are to be that temple of that Holy Spirit. And what Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit of Christ. And Christ gave us that end sample so that we might be saved, that we might receive His faith in us. And then it becomes our faith, but of course faith is a gift. Everything is a gift. Life Mm -hmm. is a gift. Breath is a gift. You know, people say, by grace we're saved. Of course it's by grace that we're saved. (coughs) God don't owe us nothing. We owe Him everything. So we must be constantly guarding ourselves and asking ourselves and questioning ourselves, am I walking in the faith of Christ? Is Christ with me in what I am doing? Good question. You know, and... And that's that's an unending question for every one of us all the time. And so, you know, even though I, I talk about what we'll talk about when we get back, the Kings of the King.
3: Yes, sir.
5: I pledge agent to the King of kings and to his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. One holy nation and our heavenly Father, great mercy, justice for all.
2: The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment Rights Media channel you will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network there's a good reason for that corporate advertising dollars come with strings that limit program content so without your help these programs cannot continue on internet or our several affiliates if you benefit by the educational law programs we ask you to give if you are admonished or nurtured by the bible and ministry programs we ask you to give If some voice a cause that you are passionate about, we ask you to give. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our listen and schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host, cause, and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you. Do all to the glory of our God and Creator, for His holy nation, the only kingdom that will last forever. Thank you for listening.
4: If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South.
3: Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Paths Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free?
0: Welcome back, to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're talking about the Kingdom of God. Uh, we're, we've got Paul from uh, Wisconsin, and we got Jeff. I think is still on the line yes, from sir. South Carolina. Uh, he's a minister of record at Fort Mills, uh, and uh, he was asking about you know one of the, the phrases a lot of people throw out is that Christ is sufficient and of course that's true and of course this is what the devil does all the time too is he throws out truths but then he doesn't expound upon he leads us to think that they twist them yeah he twists them slightly you know he puts his own little spiritual uh, stamp on the truths that he uses and twists them because he doesn't give the whole truth And so when people say Christ is sufficient I have to ask which Christ you know the Christ that the Lutherans are preaching or the Methodists are preaching or the Jehovah Witnesses are preaching because they all preach a little bit different Christ so I'm not gonna start saying that this is Christ and that is not I'm gonna start saying I'm trying to encourage people to start asking deeper questions If Christ is in all these tens of thousands of churches why are they all back in the bondage of Egypt why are they all uh, depending on the Corbin of the Pharisees if they're really got if they're really preaching the Christ of the New Testament the Christ that walked with the Apostles and appointed the Apostles is is the Catholic Church are they setting people free uh, no. Are they? Yeah. Well, you know that I I was going to let everybody individually <laughs> answer that, <laughs>
4: <It's> <laughs> but that I think it's does. fairly s-
0: <laughs> self-evident that they are not about that,
4: or any denomination really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't want to pick on any one because the the. All of us are guilty. All of us are sinners, and some of maybe a little bit more, but I'll let God work out the details on that. But the fact is, I want every individual to realize that belonging to a religion is not the same as belonging to Christ. And that we have to look a little deeper into the gospel. And of course, this is exactly what Christ was doing. That he, you know, the, the, the Pharisees said, We got Moses! but Moses and Christ were in agreement so yes. Christ says well if you got Moses then you would agree with me right but you don't agree with me because you don't really agree with Moses and I think that people if they hear this whole message of the gospel of the kingdom and they agree with Christ they'll agree with me now I I may be wrong and I, I welcome people to challenge me but the reality is I don't believe that the whole world would be back in the bondage of Egypt if people were really preaching Christ and to tell you the truth I believe that Buddha was following much of the same precepts of Christ I believe that Abraham and Moses were following much of those same precepts clearly they all had sin in their life and they screwed up and they were confused at times but when the transfiguration came well, who's there Moses you know I use that transfiguration I don't find that in the Bible but whatever they call that that event that took place before a few of the He's apostles. transfigured yeah you see Moses and Elijah and Jesus they're in agreement you know and so uh, the problem is is
4: I don't believe that most Christians are in agreement with Christ so, so, Gregory, up. if I may jump in sure. here, um, what you're saying, what I'm hearing is, it, it's just time for us to do an evaluation, to be fruit inspectors, because, and that that's a lot of the, and I believe you lean real heavy on that because of the abuses, because of the sloppy agape, if you will, and people just kind of saying, well, I'm a Christian, kind of has some general, you know, um, badge or some, uh, I, I'd say, putting a cheap suit on. But yet, where's the fruit of the individual's life? And what, what I wanted to come to, it's been actually very uh, very transformational in my own personal life. It's in the realms of revelation. There's got to be a marriage between what's going on in the spirit and what's going on in the natural. See, we can't weigh heavy on the natural. And we can't weigh heavy on the spiritual. There must be a marriage there. It's kind of like a one-winged eagle. If you have both wings functioning, you can soar. And my whole point is, when we understand that we are already the righteousness of God in Christ, if we understand this, and there's deep revelation, and it always functions relationally. That is a fruit, or that is an indicator of relationship with the Creator. This is very, very important for us to all understand. Get this and I encourage all of us to go to prayer about this. Because we can go ahead and and be jumping through a bunch of religious hoops, but not calling it religion, even with HHC. We have um you know, we have a a, a caution here. If we don't understand the spiritual matters, we don't understand identity, and I believe all of the things we're seeing with the forty thousand plus denominations and Buddhism and Islam and the different sects out here in a new age movement and, uh, to Satanism. It all I believe is a reflection of an identity crisis. Um, and I will key in on really those who call themselves Christians. Is they forgot who they are. They forgot because they've gotten blind and forgetful. And why I want to say that with a uh, you know, with, with, uh, you know, just, uh, emphasis. Is there something in the realms of the Spirit here that we have to just get from the Lord Himself relationally by asking us? Not very difficult. Go spend time with Him. Really get to know who He is and we become that which we behold. If we know Him, we would not be having this conversation, Gregory. We'd not be having all the hypocrisy around us which hypocrisy at its root is it simply means playing the actor it's like we're not just pretending or acting here we are really operating and function according to his nature because we know him and that's why i really really want to emphasize this so when we come together um, from from people individually getting things straightened out with the Lord personally and we come together collectively we start seeing These kingdom communities gel together and they start bearing the fruits of their king. I'm going to read one thing here in 2 Peter 1, chapter 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Knowing God and of Jesus our Lord means he needs to be the king, the Lord of our lives. According as his divine power... Again, I'm gonna emphasize, and you've been saying this also Gregory. This is the I I I syndrome. This says his divine power hath given unto all has given um hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He's already given it to us, he's already paid the price, he's already spilled his blood, It's the finished work of the cross, and it says through the knowledge, again, knowing him that hath called us to the glory and virtue what's your call to emanate his glory and to operate with virtue which means life verse 4 whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises get this folks that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And everything you're talking about, Gregory's all of this, you know, all the fruits of the corruption of the world, but through lust. It's because people want to come into these federations. They want to simply, they want to, um, you know, empower the machine of bondage. And we're saying that, wait a second, it comes back to do we know God and Christ? If we do, we shall bear his nature and his fruit. If we don't and there's fruit that is opposite of who he is and his nature, it better be a check engine light to say, hey, I may not know him like you know, I think I know him and that's what I really want to make that comment and drive that home. Because first things are first before we're able even to do all this network, able to come together in faith, hope, and charity, and able to, you know, be service oriented. And the first thing first is this Do we know Christ and are we known by Him? And by that very virtue, the fruit should display, um, of His nature. And and I wanted to bring that home. It's very, very important to um, understand these matters. And again, Gregory can't tell us. I can't tell you, Paul. I mean, the the, net, the people in the network—they you know, can't really convince and twist your arm and tell you how to get this. It is—that's a spiritual matter that can only be gotten by the Holy Spirit. But it's accessible, and that's the whole deal. I want to really. Drive home as well. It is accessible, and let's not make things so difficult on ourselves. And 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 we start getting into these this hoop jumping sort of mentality to trying to be a better person or a better Christian, and it actually almost defeats the purpose because we become something opposite of what we want to be. It's almost like you're stuck in Romans seven. I do the things I don't want to do, um, and so I believe the fruit that we're looking for is always attached to knowing Him. So I wanted to go ahead and make that comment.
0: Yeah, one, uh, one of the terms that you use there a number of times that I hear Paul using is us. He's given to us. Uh, the question is, is, is is you a part of us? Uh, there's a lot of people out there that are self-deceived believing that they are Christians. And just as there were lots of uh Uh, judean pharisees that thought that they had moses but they didn't and that's because we worship labels more and and labels has to do with garments uh and we see christ giving us several analogy that they put on these garments uh these labels you know uh they're calvin Kleining themselves except it doesn't say calvin klein it says i'm with christ but the labels and the outside appearance doesn't show the manifesting fruit if we, like I said, under close scrutiny. And it really isn't so important that we see that this person really isn't. I use, you know, I don't want to pick on poor Mr. Dollar uh, who thinks he's a minister of Christ, but when I see him dance around on that money, encouraging people in a. Uh, To bring more money up to him, and he already is in this exorbitant lifestyle, uh, uh, exorbitant uh, wealthy lifestyle that just doesn't. I said it basically. All I'm saying is that don't look like Christ to me.
4: Well, the whole paradigm is wrong, Gregory. I mean, the thing it's it's the wrong paradigm. It's the wrong boat. It's the wrong bus, whatever you want to say. Right. We're talking about another bus, we're talking about a kingdom bus, and the kingdom bus has fruit attached to it. But here's what's really important, Gregory. And again, yeah, people are, are labeling and doing this and that. Okay, that all aside, at the end of the day, in the listening audience, do we know Christ? And that should be the focal point. Because and how, how do we answer that? How, do, yeah, we how do we answer that? We do it by going to him because we can't conjure it up. We can't force it. We can't make it happen. It has to deal with you and I spending several years together talking, communicating, getting to know each other's minds, hearts. Um, it, 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 it's really relational. And we cannot go ahead and just have something systematic and then pop God in it everything comes from his virtue, his life, his nature, and it flows organically is my whole point. If we could focus there, am I really in relationship? That's a real key word. None of this stuff really matters. It's gonna work um, out, it's gonna align according to his nature, and we're gonna start seeing everything we've been desiring. All the fulfillment of life, all the beauty of these congregations of record, and the network, and and, and, and actually being safe harbor for people and where needs are being met. It's all going to come together. But the first thing is we can't make it happen. Um, as Isaiah says, our righteousness is as filthy rags. We can go ahead and go be philanthropists or humanitarian uh, folk, but yet it's beyond that. It's more than that. It, it's knowing him. When we know him, we bear his nature. And I'm going to love you. I'm not going to abuse you. And if I am abusing you, I need to come back to the one who created me and say, why am I um, displaying this fruit? Will you adjust me? It's really a personal um, you know, sort of connection. And I believe, if we sincerely ask, we'll have a supernatural encounter with the creator of the universe that will transform us. It's a key word being transformed from the inside out
0: and that's a process too it isn't always like uh, even Paul with his uh, sudden light on the road to Damascus uh, he still had to go back and study and look and he still had a conflict that he uh, had this inner struggle and the fact is that struggle is an individual thing each of it because the relationship is an individual relationship but then we have another quandary that I wanted to bring up here is that. Hey, Gregory, before you,
4: before you go there, I want to address that. Yeah, it is. A, it is. The, the, but the, the working that out or the process is really the process is revelation, understanding of who we already are. See, he already. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. I'm going to
0: stop you here.
4: Okay. Who we already are, are we yeah. the we? Now, let me, let are me. we the we? Yeah, are the we, we. And that's the thing. And it's determined by him, and there's fruit attached to it. The right, we, and so we know, we know them by their fruits. Mm-hmm. The we so is being in Christ. So everyone who is in Christ, bearing the name and the nature of Christ, that's the we. So those, those we, it's already done. It is finished. So here's the process that I've been discovering. I'll say it for me. That's actually been revolutionizing and changing my life. It's the understanding that he already paid the price. He already spilled his blood. He already made me righteous. Therefore, I'm walking that out now in my daily lifestyle through revelation. If I'm trying to walk it out without the revelation, it's in vain. All of it's in vain. Everything we're doing is in vain.
0: without Without the revelation,
4: you're not the we. There it is. Huh. The the revelation so, is is the revelation that we are the we, and the well, we the, does have a fruit attached. The to revelation itself. is is the if we're walking with Christ, we're walking with Him daily.
0: It's not the revelation that we are the we; it's the revelation that we receive as we walk with Christ. And we don't. It's not important to us to say I'm the we. It's
4: we just be.
1: Be
0: the we.
4: The well, there you go. That's beautiful. Be yeah. the we. I mean, and that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. We make it too difficult, and when we start adding all kinds of hoops to the equation, we lose the the you know the being the we. And okay. something. This is, this is
0: where this is where I wanted to take it to this other, and we only have hey, a limited ahead. amount of time to do it. Is what is the role of the minister? Now, of course there is a technical role of the minister as a minister of God's kingdom who is facilitating the charity amongst 10 families and 100 families and 1000 families through the ministry of this living temple but there's another role another part of that another aspect of that same role that we must do now as an individual that minister must be that we walking with Christ and Receiving the revelation of the Holy Spirit, how to give what He's given to him, and it's His responsibility to walk out with Christ. And as I said, each member of the congregation is supposed to be watching their minister and asking always in their hearts of Christ: "Is should I give to this minister?" You never say, "I should I give to this minister," but you ask Christ if I should give to this ministry. That's not about you, but the other role that I wanted to bring up—that is the role. Of a minister is to rebuke Uh, and we see both Paul mentioning this and Christ mentioning this concept of rebuking if we are guides walking with Christ and we see one of our brethren stepping off the path that we know will lead to bad fruit we need to say that doesn't look like the path to me Amen. That looks like quicksand to me. That looks like you're headed for trouble to me. It looks like you're strained to me. I mean, this isn't this the job of a shepherd. He can you can't beat these sheep into eating grass in the field. You lead them to the grass. You lead them beside the still waters. They got to do their own eating. But that's the role of the minister. And when I point out these errors that the world has gone in the direction of these political um, uh, salvations that we seek by voting for this guy or that guy, and that's just one example. There's hundreds of different examples, uh, are laying down on the table of doctors and saying, cut me open, sacrifice me, uh, just save me. Um, we make gods of these men. And that same danger, as I pointed out earlier can happen with your ministers you can make gods of your ministers when you put them up on these pedestals that that ministers you know that's why god you know christ gives us the analogy of washing feet you're not on a pet you can't wash a man's feet (laughs) from a pedestal that's right you gotta get down and so that's a symbol now lots of guys can go around and sit there and wash feet but they're not really getting off the pedestal you can actually have ministers getting on the pedestal by washing feet so the outward sign is not enough it's the fruit that we see coming from these relationships yes, and sir. when that fruit is bad we, we, that questioning which you brought up each of us uh, what do you engine light check is the analogy yeah. every one of us every congregation no member Every individual walking on the face of God's green earth needs to be checking his own spirit constantly. But, again, now there's a danger in that even. Because that's very close to eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When you check engine life, Christ better be the mechanic.
4: Well, that's the truth. (laughs) That's, that's granted as far as where I'm coming from because if he's not, this is not getting fixed. You know, he, the thing is, I, I want to really emphasize the, the, the term, he transforms us. It's a transforming love, a transforming power. In other words, he fixes our engine. We can't be the, you know, we can't be our own mechanic. I mean, people throughout the world in the, in the, in the church realm are doing that. Um, but the word does say, judge yourself, lest you be judged, and it talks about examining yourself. So right. simply just coming in the light and saying, here I am, Father. I'm not going to do any ducking and dodging. I'm going to throw it all on the table. Put the fullness of the flood out, flood out of your truth on my heart, and here I am. So I want to start walking out the reality of this relationship.
0: Which brings us back again going full circle to some of the things I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast is that words. See, this is why we don't always talk about spiritual things because you can take all those same words and somebody will apply them to their own personal religion and they will repeat all those same words, but they don't mean the same to them as they do to me. This is when I was in the Roman church and uh, I was... uh, I'm getting stares from people outside wondering, who am I talking to? (laughs) But uh, when I was in the Roman church, it took me years before I realized when I'm reading the Bible, I'm hearing a different spirit than a lot of those people that are reading the Bible with me. And so many of the same quotes that you have read today are read by those same apostate churches out there so it becomes a real challenge this is a spiritual walk and a spiritual battle but you cannot i cannot share the spirit to words i I, because i'm not the source the source of the spirit is in you and it's in paul it's in it's in everybody out there listening it's it's christ in them that is the source I can mm-hmm. allude to it, I can talk about it, I can say that looks like off the path, that looks like off the path, that looks like bad fruit, this is bitter, and I don't think it is good for you, but the reality is you have to make those choices, mm-hmm. every one of you out
4: there has to make that choices. We can walk together though Gregory, and that's the whole deal, the more I know you, the more I know your mannerisms, the I, I, more I know the definition of your terms. Okay. And that's, a, that's the reason 60 that seconds have so. to have a um, relationship
0: Yeah, that with each other.
4: The,
0: the relationship we have with Christ allows us to walk together. When we have one Father, we will all walk together. We'll yes. see you at Block Talk for those of you who can make it. Uh, thanks for coming to the Keys of the Kingdom. God bless.